again, uh, thank you. Well, we want to um, get going here. As I said, we're going through a series when it comes down to God's word. And a lot of us know Matthew, that's the first book uh, in the New Testament, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And we read some portions of it, but there's a difference between reading, understanding, and applying. So my attempt is let's walk through this thing. And uh, I just so happen to start on the fifth, uh, fifth chapter. Uh, but this whole idea of Matthew and what it has to say to our hearts um, and how it fits in how we live and how we respond to others. My desire is that we um, really come to trust the Lord. Huh? Let's bow in prayer. Father, how we thank you for this time that we have that we can come around your word and what it has to say to us. As we look at Matthew, the uh, fifth chapter. Some call it the beautiful attitudes. That's, that's a nice label, but it doesn't give full uh, credence to all that it should have when we talk about Matthew. So, Lord, it's not that I feel that I know it all, but I thank you for what you have taught me. Help me to clearly articulate this or share this with the saints of God. Help all of us learn why, what it takes to walk with you, our Lord and Savior, the God of this world. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. So as we uh, come into this, again, we start off last week with just the picture. Never forget the picture or you're going to forget who you are. You will never, as a believer, you never step down from your calling. When I was in the service, there was a certain way that you had to dress. There was a, um, uh, as far as, I know guys who have been to the service because they know what it is. It's called the belt line. And the belt line is that you have your shirt and the shirt and then your belt, everything must be in one straight line all the way down. If you sit all the way to the side, you haven't been to the service. Because say, this is how, this is how it's done. As we think about heaven, as we think about uh, the kingdom of God, now it's beginning to really unfold. See, there's a difference between the Israelites and their being delivered from, um, you know, from Pharaoh, from, from Egypt. And then what happened was the moment that they were delivered from Egypt, they didn't immediately became holy people. They had to first get to, we talk about first, uh, when we talk about uh, knowledge, wisdom, and everything else, first thing you have to have knowledge, then from knowledge, understanding, and then understanding wisdom. Don't ever miss them and mix it up. And so what Jesus Christ starts off in, when we look at Matthew, he says, I want you to know what it's all about. Because if you know what it's all about, everything that hit you because of what you know, you'll stand firmer. Are you, are you with me? What you don't know, you're crying all over the place, you're all frustrated, you don't know what to do. And the Lord says, don't you understand who you are? Who's your daddy? You know, you are, Lord, then stop it. <laughs> stop it. Yeah. And so it's, that's why I want to keep this in front of you. I want to bet it into your mind as we go through this, uh, this, through, this, through this series. 
as we talk about the fact of living in our new normal, part two. And as we talk about this whole idea of living in our new normal, part two, um, Matthew 5, 48. Let's, let's read that together. What does it say? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. It didn't say you should be or you could be or you might be. It says you what? Jesus don't waste his words. This is not just an idea. So I jumped all the way down to the 48th verse because that wraps it all up. And then we're going to bungee jump. Oh, now we're going to go right back up to where we should be as we uh, move along through our series. The Sermon on the Mount shared nine blessings that revealed the maturity, wisdom, and Christ-like attitudes that should be a part of the believer's new normal. And so what the Lord does is... <clears throat> When it comes down to, uh, in our uh, review, let us consider the six of the nine blessed are in these uh, verses. The first one is, blessed are the poor in spirit. We talked about that last, last week. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this, remember, we had to keep asking the question, uh, am I there yet? Uh, and so, so we asked the question, am I there yet? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Are you there yet? And I put a little explanation, uh, a little hashtag behind it. I need to accept and adjust to the fact that I am not all that. When you say blessed are the pure spirit, I need to come. I need to, when you get into the mirror, first, first thing you need to say is I'm not all that. See? Forget about ethnicity and everything else. You're not all that. Without Christ, you can do nothing. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Then we talked about the fact of, of blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be, be comforted. Let's read this together. Hashtag, I need to take a moment to see life from God's point of view. When I begin to look at life from God's point of view, the sin and the arrogance and the wildness breaks God's heart. There was nothing, there's nothing that can deliver us. And so God rolls up his sleeves and he sends his son down to be in the flesh to die for our sins. Sin is so horrible and so deep and seems like it's almost bottomless that God is saying, I'm getting rid of it completely. And I don't want, I'm not willing that any part of the world go through this. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He wants us there. He said, blessed are those who mourn when the things that people say is not that funny. Especially if you're talking about our Lord. Whenever, when you see sin all around us and people suffering, it's nothing that, it's nothing that you just, uh, well, something that you just uh, turn your back on or that's happening to that person. It hurts. In a nation, when it says one nation under God and what our nation is happening to our nation and all of the gender emphasis and whatever the case may be, steering away from what God has immediately set up, we should mourn over these things. 
Lot grieved over the homosexual uh, uh, things that were going around in, in his, his area. And God had to go in and bring him out. But it says he, he, he grieved them every day. Blessed are those when, they, when you see it from God's point of view, you begin to mourn. Then as you begin to see all of that, then you see your own self. Quit looking at other folks. Take first take a look at your own self. Remember that song, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in need of prayer, need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. When was the last time you permitted God to break your heart? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's read the hashtag. I need to take the plunge and put others before myself. Come on, take the plunge and put others before yourself. Blessed are the meek when you begin to step back and prefer others. You can't be a good servant if you don't have a meek heart. You're going through the process. You look good until somebody step on your priorities. Blessed are the meek. Let's read five, uh, uh, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 6. Let's read that together. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be feared. Let's read that part. Hashtag, I need to redefine my Blessed are those who hunger and thirst at the righteousness. To have that drive. There's some things that you have in your life that you have some goals and you want to get to it. God is saying, if you can do that with the physical things, what about righteousness? And here's the promise. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you're going to get it. Which means what? If you don't. You won't. <laughs> so the whole idea is that blessed are you. And so the, I need to ask the question, am I there yet? You need to ask the question, am I there yet? Do I have that hunger? Do I have that thirst at the righteousness? The Lord is saying, if you don't understand this and you don't make this a part of your living, everything else in Matthew won't make sense. You won't be able to achieve it. Because your spirit will not be meek. You will not be hungry and thirsting at the righteousness, etc., etc., etc. And so in order to be victorious, he says, blessed are. You made it when you're able to do these things. And God never puts up with what he can, who does not enable you to do. Never. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Hashtag. Need to be willing to position myself to be that light at the end of the tunnel for my offenders. When you see this word merciful, that means somebody did it to you. And it's in your hands to respond. And the Lord says, before you respond, first take that black book and burn it up. Okay, that's, that's the first thing you do. Second thing is... All the fouls that you have on that person, tear it up. Why? Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Ephesians 4, 32. And so the Lord says, 
I want you to be merciful. And when a person asks for mercy, they'll come something, but they need to extend that mercy, you need to extend that mercy. And uh, mercy is given a lot of time not because you ask for it. God is just merciful. There are some things that have happened in your life, and, and I think about Donna uh, with the accident. Regardless of what it was, God was merciful that she wasn't hurt worse than this. I, I, don't, I don't know. All I know is that God said, no, uh, this gave her a little pain to wake up, but uh, no, we'll, we'll get her together, and, but she's not finished yet. So when someone else comes into your life, God says, with the same level of mercy, you should extend to them. I think it's called the rule of reciprocity. Where you do in turn what happened to you. And when that happened, God is able to really bless and use your life. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's read that together. I need to be prepared to see, accept, and be refreshed by the sweet fellowship of God. You see, when you have, when you, what we said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I need, I need to be able to uh, see it and reflect it and to receive it. There they had something about, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. I know these are not modern songs. But those are the ones that, and it goes on to say, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. We, we, we need that, no? We really need that. Uh, we were going over the, uh, in, in Sunday school, the whole idea of uh, acknowledgement, affection, approval, attention. We need the acknowledgement and affection and approval and attention. And God is saying, the more you get into the word and the more you, uh, you stay in the word, the more you are obedient in the word, you'll find that I'm walking right along with you. I've been there all the time. But I've been walking along with you. And you begin to sense his presence. And you don't need music to, to, to lighten your heart. Ah, because you begin to sing with melody in your heart to the Lord. Ask the question, am I there yet? And then I had to, the next thing was, why? If I'm not there, why am I not there? And, and the whole idea is that I need to get there. I need to get there. And so, kind of precursor myself, but here it is. Am I there yet? If not, what? Well, that's right. Why not? And then, am I willing to hold my ground and keep going? If you're not there yet, it's not a time to sit down and feel sorry for yourself. Get up, brush yourself off, and keep going. You're not home yet. And so the Lord lays out these, these uh, beautiful attitudes. Says, this is the attitude of part of the kingdom. This is kingdom living. This is kingdom thinking. Now he lays all of this out because, if you, again, if you don't have these going, everything he says beyond that, that point, you find you're going to have a struggle with. Define the turn. The turn. 
the term. Living in the new normal is embracing and adjusting to a new way of thinking, speaking, and living closely directed by the word of God and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. As I was talking to one person and they were going through a lot of problems, I mean serious problems. That's why we talk about crisis. Crisis, you're here and things happen to you on an ordinary day. Then you go through all of these things. Why this happened to me? I don't believe this happened to me. You bargain with God. Then finally you get to the point where God begins to strengthen your heart. You come up on the other side and you come with a, uh, with a new testimony. When one year on the other side, you'll never be able to go back to the way how you were with the crisis. Number one, you'll know God more. Number two, you, are, you, are, you have a, a, a diff, different a hold on life. And so when they talk about the new normal, uh, a lot of times you happen, that happens to you when it comes down to a job or to your health or, or to a relationship. Uh, this, uh, the whole idea of having a new normal, which means you cannot go back to what the world was doing. Okay? Clarifying our thoughts for this morning. It's time for us to know, understand, and apply the biblical principle of God's word. It's not a suggestion. It's what? It's what? (laughs) Okay, thinking it through. There are several categories that would be wise for us to consider in our outline, the spiritual requirement, the sensitive response, the uh, steadfast resilience, and the strong resolution. So far, we have covered these two, the spiritual requirement, the sensitive response. Now we, we want to move to the steadfast results, resolve. So that goes from 9 to 12. If, you, if you're working on the first part, you'll be ready for the second part. If you find yourself still struggling, you need to go back to the first part and ask the question again, right? Okay. In other words, it's almost like school. You might have to go right back to school here in this situation. With our status of experience to believers' new normal, we will discover that God's love will empower us to graciously respond in the hard places in our lives. And I want to reemphasize graciously what? Respond in the hard places. All of us are hit with hard places in our lives. And God knows that. But it's not the hard places that he's looking at. He's looking at your response to the hard place. Job will tell you, he put me in a hard place. Sometimes God permits hard places in your life. Sometimes he do it with hard-headed people. But as a whole, though, the hard place, the hard place. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. In other passages of scripture, you may say children of God, but sons of God. We have been saved with the power of being spiritual thermostats. That means that when you enter into a situation, first thing, don't take sides. You get in a lot of trouble when you take sides. When I do counseling, I don't take sides. I say, I do not take sides. So my goal is to see what best benefit you as individuals. So as a, as a peacemaker, number one, a peacemaker should have a plan to deal with the situation. Said, blessed are the peacemakers. When a person is hard with you and everything else, a soft, it's amazing what a soft voice will do. 
It's amazing sometimes when you keep your mouth shut. Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps his mouth shut. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of God. So the first thing he starts off as a what? Peacemaker, right? Now it says blessed are those who are what? Persecuted. It didn't talk about everybody who's persecuted. It didn't talk about history, what happened to all the various races and everything else. He qualifies as to why you are persecuted. Why are you persecuted? What did it say here? Blessed are, are uh, those who are persecuted for what? For righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It does not mean that you'll get to heaven by, uh, because you're being persecuted. But because you are persecuted, it's because you already embraced the other principles. You already accepted Jesus Christ. And people see that and they do not like light. They love darkness. And when you are different, you're going to get a lot of haters in your life. When you decide to really walk with the Lord. As I look at you, I just think about, you really don't know. It doesn't take thousands of people to make a difference. The number of people in this room is even too much. It only takes one person to make up their mind to follow the Lord, to be a peacemaker. And guess what? When you're a peacemaker, here's what it's saying. Watch this now. When you're a peacemaker, it's going to take you to hard places. Blessed are, the persecu are, you, are you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. If you're, if you're walking right to Dan if Daniel were here, he'll tell you. I wasn't signifying with anyone. I didn't bloat it in front of them. But they saw me in my prayer life, and I was, I was praising God three times a day and everything else. And, and they wanted me dead. Matter of fact, they, threw, they had me thrown in the lion den, trying to be my pillar so I can sleep. It's amazing what happens when you go through persecution. Another thing is this. When it comes down to persecution, whatever persecution you undergo or we undergo, it's never without God along with you. There's a word called Jehovah Shammah. And this word Jehovah Shammah means God is there. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when um, they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. You see what's happening on the other end? First, you, it starts off with the Beatitudes. Then all of a sudden now, you're having persecution, people lying on you, you see. But if you have your attitudes together, see, you can withstand all of this. And understand something, those who will live righteously shall suffer persecution. So I kind of laid out some things, the unchangeable facts. They could be called sons of God, the unleashed fury, fury and negativity. It says, because of Christ and their righteousness, three negative things were, were, were taught by our Lord. One, being persecuted. Two, 
being reviled, hated, unloved, being lied on. None of us like to be lied on. You know, matter of fact, you tell folks, don't lie to me, right? And they say, I won't, but they lie on you. And uh, <laughs> no one likes the idea of being lied on. But Jesus Christ said, now, wait a minute, let's keep this straight. Didn't they lie on me? Then if they lied on me and the servant is no higher than his master, what do you think they're going to do with you? They're going to lie on you. But because of your heart, because you walk with me, you've not been out of shape. And I think it's so important that we understand this as Jesus walked through this because he began to really lay out some things if we go through the other verses. So the question is, am I there yet? If not, why not? And am I willing to hold on my, hold my ground and keep going? I'm seeing a lot of compromise. And when I see a lot of compromise, compromise breed failure. Because failure means you're taking your eyes off the Lord. And you're more concerned about what people think about you, how people treat you. And you'd rather have the peace of people for a little while than to have the joy of the Lord forever. How can we say that we are victorious when we're stumbling all over the place? Don't be the slave of how people, what people think of you. If you make up your mind this morning, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. The cross before me, world behind me. No turning back. Now, now understand something. Jesus, do you find that the uh, um, apostles, all of the epistles and what have you, it begin to explain or give you some understanding further as to what to do. Jesus says, here's what you should do. Then you see all of the, all of the books and everything else saying, this should be doing this, and you should be doing this. Now you got the disciples coming in and teaching. But Jesus says, now that you're part of the new kingdom, I'm laying it out to you. Almost like the, <laughs> almost like the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. That, and the, with the Ten Commandments, is putting a burden on almost like a burden. But, but in the New Testament, it's blessed are. Blessed are. Blessed are. Blessed are. And then it shows how you are able to enjoy the blessings, how you go through the doctrines, of each one of the doctrines, understanding about Christ, understanding about our walk, understanding how we should respond to one another, and you find yourself glorifying God in the process. That's why he chose you before the foundations of the world. Why you? I don't know. You have to ask him. But he chose you. Look at the world that's dying under storms and, and earthquakes and all manners of things. And yet and still, God chose you to be sitting right here going over this. Because he has something just for you to be victorious. And he wants you to step up to the plate. So we need to ask the question, am I there yet? Because <laughs> if, if, if you're not there, you're not moving. You become stagnant. 
you can tell when a person's stagnant. They're always talking about what happened yesterday. Okay. They start talking about this, and then they start measuring themselves by, by you know, uh, in other words, they're better than others. They talk about other people so they make them look good. Just understand, repeat after me, this is stagnant stuff. I just thought I'd give you some deep stuff here, okay? The kingdom of God. I want to flash that before you again. I want you to understand, this is where we're headed. And God had prepared it. And he says, I'm getting you there. So you don't have to worry about that. It's that my concern is when I get you there is what you're looking like when you get there. <laughs> See what I'm saying? And so, so, so it's important that we understand that don't ever lose this picture. There's nothing that this world can offer that can take this away from us. Number four, if you wrap up this session, a session, a section. Matthew, great is your reward in heaven for those persecuted the prophets who were before you. There are two major factors that an overcomer should always remember and embrace. You ready for them? The verse talks about number one, the approval from the Lord promising a great reward. When the Lord is saying, when you go through all of this, keep your eye above what you're going through. And the, the psalmist says, I will look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. So it says, the thing that I want to make sure is that, and I explain to you, the issue with me is not being saved and lost. I was talking with the pastors. We were around the table talking about what, our, what is our end goal. And I said, my end goal is that when the Lord takes me, that he'll see my life because the only thing that I, I cannot pay him back. But my life, I want my life to be in a way that is, is a thank you as I come into his presence. That he's well pleased. I can't, I can't pay you back, Lord. But if my life was well pleasing to you. If I was walking with you, all of these other goals, listen carefully, all of these other goals are going to eventually come to an end. All the physical goals. Now, I'm not telling you not to get the education and everything else, but, I mean, all of those, are, that's fine. For life, that's, a, that's assuming you're going to live long enough. There are some who got their, their education, got the diploma, tripped down the stairs. I mean, anything can happen. Anything. But you had a song, but what you do for Christ will last. Will last. The approval from the Lord promising a great reward. When I mention the fact of, of um, uh, acknowledgement, affection, approval, attention, it's one thing to get approval of the Lord and then approval from the world. When you get it from the approval from the world, it's limited and conditional. Don't you ever mess up on the world or the same ones who approve you try to kill you. But when you have the approval of the Lord, it, says, it, it, it talks about the fact that when you have the approval of the Lord, 
that as you walk in wisdom and as you obey God, he blesses you in everything you do. That's the promise. But more folks are wrapped up on getting the blessing than pleasing God. Listen to folks pray and everything else. Bless me with this and bless me with that and bless me this and bless me that. And the Lord says, my name isn't blessed. Okay? <laughs> I'm God, okay? <laughs> I'll bless you, but when will you ever say thank you for all I have given you? And if I never give you anything else, will you still bless my name? Yes. Approval. And, and know what I like about this? It, 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 notice the, um, the adjective that they're describing the now. Promising a what? Now, the Lord could have just taken that on this promising a reward. No, he says, promising a what type of reward? Great reward. And guess what? The Lord didn't tell you how great it is because we wouldn't be able to comprehend it anyway. But he said, but I can tell you something. Whatever God does is perfect. And whatever God, and this reward is eternal. You always have it. Praise the Lord for that reward. The acknowledgement of being in the same company with the righteous saints of history. Because notice what it says in the verse there. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. He said, you're in good company. If they're persecuting you, okay, let's see who has, who's on the persecuted list. We, we see uh, Daniel, we, we see, uh, no, we go in the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament. They persecuted our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, they took uh, Ste- Stephen and they, uh, they stoned him. And then you're going to walk in without a scratch? What's up here, you know? What route did you come that nobody touched you, nobody messed with you, and you just skipped on into life, into, into glory, saying, Lord, I'm here, and I thank you. Oh, no, 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 no. All of us have to go through something. And I'm saying it now because when you go through, you need to remember it. Blessed are you. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. Great is your reward. And you're in good company. Amen? Question. Am I there yet? If not, why? And then I'm willing to hold my ground and keep going. If you're not there, at least make up your mind to hold your ground and keep going. As we uh, go further into the, uh, uh, the, the message, we'll go the next week, there's some things you're going to have to go through. <laughs> okay? And if we're not prepared here, then some of the things I said, and you can read it here by just reading chapter 5. Let God speak to your heart. Read chapter 5 in that whole area. One last thing. You've been very patient. Who's and who we are must possess a mindset that will stand up and be counted. Question, am I there yet? If not, why not? They had a song, stand up for, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross.
they had a, a more uh, the song that um, to stand, just stand. When everything else goes apart, just stand. The first person who will take notice of that, it would be two big entities taking notice of that. The first one is God. And he says, I'm well pleased. You're doing a good job. Stay close to me. The next person that's looking at you with significance is Satan. And he knows every time you open your eyes, every time you walk anywhere, you are that light that begin to disperse the darkness. You don't have to brag about it. Just live it. You become that light. And they will respond to you. The world will not say, oh, you're one of the believers of Jesus Christ. Praise God. No, they will talk about you. They'll make fun of you. They'll lie on you. When they do, keep going. Keep walking. Like at the airport, they have the movable uh, sidewalk. And you hear the voice, keep walking. Keep walking, you know. Keep walking. I was gonna put. I was gonna put a little beat to it, you know. As I walk, <laughs> keep walking, you know. Keep walking. Don't give up. And so that's my prayer for you this morning. And I, I guess my my concern is this: <clears throat> when it comes down to um, uh, you're walking with the Lord, it's so important that you understand that it's a daily choice. And if you found yourself stumbling during the course of this week, I'd like to pray for you this week, for this right now. I don't know what next week has. I don't know what the rest of this day has for you. But whatever this day has, it has nothing to do with who you are and how you should respond. Don't let this day define you. And if you find that you're not there yet, I'd like to pray for you right now. Um, you, whoever it is that the Lord laid on your heart. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you, don't, if you have not accepted the fact that he died on the cross of Calvary for your sins, paid the price, the eternal price, in the judicial courtrooms to bring you to himself. If you have not made that decision for Christ, you can also stand. But standing just acknowledging, I'm not there yet, but I'm planning on keeping going. Let's go in prayer. Any others? Any others? It has nothing to do with Don Racket. See, I'm just praying for you. It's between you and the Lord. And if it's between you and the Lord, there is an eternal difference. Let's bow. Father, how we thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for what your word has to say to us. All of the blessed are. Then you start hitting the hard places when persecution come and people lying on you and all these other things. Lord, you say, it's going to happen. You didn't say if it happens, that when it happens. It's inevitable. Help us, Lord, to face the inevitable, Lord, with the foundation that we have, that we have in you. Thank you for taking the victory, the Nike, 
died on the cross of Calvary, being raised again, Lord, and now sit at the right-hand side of the Father. We thank you that we have access to your throne of grace and the Holy Spirit helping us, Lord, as we pray. That we're more than conquerors through him that love us. And so, Lord, with all of that in mind, I, I thank you for those who have asked themselves, am I there yet? And have made up their minds. Some say, well, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to keep going. And I pray for those, Lord, who have made up their mind, I'm going to keep going. Because that's how you have blessed me, how you saved me, and how you're keeping me. So thank you, Lord, for those. And I just want to pray for them and pray, Lord, that you give them a victorious day, a victorious week, a victorious tomorrow, because they walk with you in the beauty of holiness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen.